0: Welcome to Grace Church's podcast. The message you are about to hear was recorded live during our Sunday service. Be sure to download our app and follow along with Sermon Notes. And now for our message. So, quick review. You know, we're talking about all these different things that the Holy Spirit does. How He moves us into Christ. How He makes us into the image of the Lord. Helps us to think and act like Jesus. The Spirit does that. Last week, we talked specifically about the Helper and how the Helper comes alongside of us. He assists us. He's he's the Paraclete. He's the one that does this arm around the shoulder and says, "We can do this." You know, together. He encourages. He defends us. He assists us. He supports us. He he speaks. uh, That we helps us to hear the truth. To remember what Jesus has said. He teaches us. He's with us forever. For as long as there's a church, there will be the helper abiding with the church. I am wanting in part for these messages that we've been going through, and there's four or five more in this series, I am wanting more, probably more than anything else, I am wanting the awe factor, A-W-E, the awe factor for us congregationally and individually to be raised in regard to the Holy Spirit. Now, if, if, if some person were to come here this morning or as you're leaving and you get to your car, there just happens to be your favorite musician or a celebrity or, you know, maybe I'm there and you just, you're in my presence. I, I'm totally kidding there. If you met somebody that you really, really looked up to, maybe a famous athlete or a, I guess some politicians might fall in this category. You met some politician, you're just like, wow, I get to meet, fill in the blank, You'd be just awestruck, right? You know, if some, I'm not going to give you an example, but you know who that person would be. And that's fine. It's okay to be like, wow, I got to shake hands with whoever, you know, or whatever. How much more the Holy Spirit? Like, how much more the one who is the third part of the Godhead, the Trinity, who lives inside of us, that we would have an attitude and a posture towards him that would be, God is living inside of me. We want that awe factor to be raised up because he is the best gift that we've ever been given. And so I want us to have that mentality. So turn to the person next to you and say, the Holy Spirit is awesome. Would you do that right now? Would you just tell them that? The Holy Spirit is awesome. I know that is such a pastor joke. I'm so sorry. Let's let's jump into this week and and to just to start off, I want to do a quick gospel review. How does does the Holy Spirit work? The Holy Spirit works in our salvation because He speaks truth to us. We get convicted. We respond. He seals our lives. He comes to dwell inside of us, right? That all happens at salvation. When someone gets saved, though, we're going to do a little theology. When someone gets saved, they actually get saved in two ways. Stick with me on this. They get saved positionally, And they also get saved progressively. So what that means for us is that if you know Christ, if you have a relationship with with God the Father through Jesus, and the Holy Spirit's indwelling you, you are positionally saved. You are saved and you are being saved at the same time. You are consistently, constantly through your life with with, with Jesus, you're becoming more like him, but you're, you're saved and you're being saved. I hope that makes a little bit of sense. It says in Second Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old is gone and the new has come. So in that moment, when, when faith is extended, I believe and when I receive grace back, in that exact moment, I am perfectly and completely right with God. When God looks at me, he looks through the person of Jesus Christ. He no longer looks just at where I am lacking and where I don't measure up and my imperfection. Now he looks through Jesus. This is what the blood of Christ does. It covers our lives. He looks at me and he says, Tim is perfect positionally. He is right with me. He is in right standing. And so if, and this did not happen obviously, but if when I called out to the Lord, I was 17 years old, and I called out to the Lord and the Lord saved me. And I had this relationship. I was born again. I was redeemed. I'm no longer a slave. Now I'm a son. When that took place, in that moment, if I had died, right then, I would have been with God in heaven forever and eternity. Nothing can separate us from that love. In that moment, if that would have happened, I'm glad that that does not happen for everyone. It would be so hard to evangelize, wouldn't it? (laughs) Give your life to Jesus, because you're going to see him in three minutes, you know. That would be a terrible thing. That doesn't happen. So, most people, when they have this exchange take place, they extend faith, they receive grace, they're in this right relationship with God. Most people live and continue to live for some period of time minutes, hours, days, years, decades, whatever it is. They continue to live. And in that living, they realize something that everyone in this room has realized that just because you became in a right relationship with God and you have this experience where now you are a son or a daughter, no longer a slave to sin. That your old life, like Jamie was just talking about, your old life didn't just disappear. But rather, pretty shortly after that experience of coming to Christ, you recognize that that old life still wants to control, still wants to to dominate, still wants to influence the way that you lived your life. Even though you are positionally perfect before God and saved, you still struggle with sin. Can anyone say amen to that? It's not a good thing, but it is an agreement thing. We're saying, yes, that is actually true. The elements of our old life or our old self remain. There's this bit of our sinful nature. And that's why I say our salvation is also progressive. We learn over time, and we're going to talk about this today, with the work of the Holy Spirit in us. We learn over time how to put away what was old and live in the new, that new creation that 2 Corinthians talks about. Look in Romans chapter 8 with me. Romans chapter 8 starting in verse 12. I'm reading this morning, I'm not sure if it's right behind me or not, but I'm reading this morning out of the New Living Translation. So if it sounds a little bit different than what I normally read, it's because this is a very clear, easy to understand um, rendering of these three verses. 12, 13, and 14, Romans chapter eight. Paul says this, he says, Therefore, dear brothers and sisters, you have no obligation to do what your sinful nature urges you to do. For if you live by its dictates, you will die. But if through the power of the Spirit, you put to death the deeds of your sinful nature, you will live. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. If you're taking the notes this morning, fill that first blank in. The Holy Spirit helps us resist the elements in our lives that are connected to the old self. The Holy Spirit helps us resist that which is connected to the old self. We've been given a new nature in the moment of our salvation, but the old nature doesn't just disappear. It still wants to control our lives. Have you felt your old life trying to control your new life before? Yeah. Let's try that again. Make sure. Everybody's... Have you ever felt your old life try to control your new life? Yeah, it happens. A lot. I don't, I don't like it, but it is true. It happens often. Here's the beauty of the situation, though. Before we had that exchange with God where we extended faith and he gave us grace, before that happened, we did not have any options. The old life, the old nature, the old self dominated the way that we lived our lives. Even if we kept it together and we looked right on the outside and we behaved ourselves and we were socially acceptable, the reality is, is that inside of us we had nothing with which to resist the impulses and the, and the dictates of the enemy as they work through our old self. But in Christ, when the Spirit is indwelling us, now I have an option. Now I do not have to give in to that other way of living. And there's a lot of... of, of, of of Christ followers and they're good people but there's a lot of Christ followers that do not live in the reality that I'm describing though they have experienced the 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 salvation that comes through believing the gospel they do not live understanding that that means they no longer have to give into the way that they used to live they they are powerless they don't understand they don't um appropriate the power that's been given to us that Paul describes in that passage of scripture. It says in there that we, by the Spirit, by the power of the Spirit, have the ability to put to death. Say those three words with me. Put to death the deeds of our sinful nature. The Spirit inside of us, He's like a liberator. The Spirit of God is a liberator. He has the power to come alongside of us and to kill off the things that were a part of our former life. He doesn't just help us. He doesn't just encourage us. He doesn't just, he's not just that one that puts his arm around us and says, hey buddy, we're going to get through this. He also is a warrior inside of us that fights. He comes and whatever you pick your weapon, I don't know, I just see him with a sword, but I mean, if you want him to have an Uzi, that's fine. He just comes alongside of us with his sword and there is power that is released there to deal with that old self that doesn't want to die. The King James version used to call it the old man. It's not I guess they don't do that now. So it's, it's the old man or the old woman. It's the old self. It wants to rear its head up in control. And the liberator comes alongside of us and says, uh-uh. We have the power to live differently because of his presence. But the question becomes, well, how does he do that? I mean, how does the Holy Spirit work inside of us to actually put to death what was the, the former way of living? I want to clarify two things before, because there's a really big answer to that question that I'm going to share with you. But there's two things I want you to see first, and these are in your notes. The first one is this, is that we have to start with the understanding that because we're in this fight, and, and we need to understand the, the, the nature of the fight. It is not physical. It is not emotional. It's not even mental. It is spiritual in nature. The battle we fight against our spiritual nature, against our old self, is spiritual. Striving harder in your own strength, in my own strength, will not necessarily ensure any real victory because I don't have inside of me the ability to make myself right with God, to deal with that stuff. Even when I really just cinch down really hard, I'm really going to behave myself today. Oh, that's almost a guarantee that's going to go badly. Like seriously, like you ever been in your quiet time and you're like, you know what, today's the day. Nothing else is coming out of my mouth. except things that glorify God. It's like all of hell goes, good deal. Yeah, he's, he's, he's giving it his best. Let's just show him what that does for him. It's like, oh, everything comes again. So it is, it is not helpful to just try harder. The progressive transformation that we want to experience that, that, that comes from the spirit is a spiritual thing. It's not something we manufacture within ourselves. Zechariah the prophet records the words of the Lord, very famous passage of scripture, the one that Carrie mentioned earlier. It's not by might, it's not by power, but it's by the Spirit, says the Lord of hosts. We have to be aware that this is a spiritual battle that is fought on on a spiritual battlefield with the Holy Spirit's help. I can remember, um, and this is a really silly story, so, you know, please forgive me if you think you're pastor was kind of a doofus, because I was. When I was 18, even though I was raised in church, when I came to Christ, I came to Christ in a very radical, like, like, light switch type way. It was like, I was all in. Like, some people get saved, like, little bits and pieces, and then all of a sudden they realize, I, I believe all this. I'm following Jesus, which is a legit way to get saved. And then there's other people that have this, like, moment where, bang, the light gets flipped on, you're like, oh my gosh, I see everything. That was me. And I was just so into wanting to be like Jesus and wanting to, to live for him that I, I, I got it in my head that what I really needed to do was to buy some Jesus sandals, which if I'd have been 15 years old or 20 years older, I probably could have found some, but you know, like I'm, I'm too young to be a hippie and and I'm not, and I'm not in a millennial where you can go buy those kind of sandals. And I was in this like in-between space and there was no way to go buy Jesus sandals, but I had it in my head. You know, part of really being like him was to, was, would be to wear these stupid shoes, because that would help me to be more spiritual, help me to really like think like Jesus and be like, you know, you know, like how Jesus is in the chosen. Like I wanted to be like that, you know? But it's really about the shoes. I mean, so it's just a dumb thing to think, but that's what I was thinking was like, I need to do things so that I'll be more like Jesus. It's never the flesh. It's never the flesh. It's never how we dress. It's never, it's never, you know, having the right, you know, language. That's why we get in trouble when we try to use Christian language so that we sound right. It's never any of that stuff. It's always the battle. It's always on a spiritual level. Second thing I want you to grab hold of is this. You write this down. We partner, and I'm going to talk about this even more next week. We partner with the Holy Spirit. We partner with the Holy Spirit to overcome the old self. Verse 13, chapter 8, book of Romans. But if through the power of the Holy Spirit you put to death the deeds of your sinful nature, you will live. You, by the power of the Holy Spirit, put to death the deeds of your sinful nature. The Spirit works with us. The Spirit works through us. But the Spirit doesn't just do everything. And we don't just do everything. We can't work it on our own. We already got that covered. But we also don't sit, metaphorically speaking, with our feet up on the coffee table and wait for him to do it all. It is a partnership that we find ourselves in for the rest of our lives as we progressively become more and more like Jesus. Now here's the the, the payoff. How do we do this? How does the liberator, and there are, uh, let me back up, there are several ways that the Holy Spirit works in our lives to help us to overcome the old self, but one of the most important ones is found right here in the book of Romans chapter 8. Just jump back up a few verses to to verse 5. Let me read it to you. Verses 5 and 6, Romans, New Living Translation again, super clear. It says this, Paul writes, Those who are dominated by the sinful nature think about sinful things. But those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit think about the things that please the Spirit. So letting your sinful nature control your minds leads to death. But letting the Spirit control your mind leads to life and peace. The Spirit's power to help us deal with the old life, the old man, the old woman, the the sinful nature, the Spirit's power to help us deal with those things, those temptations, those tendencies of that old stuff, all of that is directly connected to our thoughts. What we think about will make the difference between whether we are moving towards death or moving towards life and peace. When the sinful nature is in charge, when it dominates, according to that passage of scripture, we think about sinful things. When the old self controls our mind, it leads us into death. When our lives are controlled by the Holy Spirit, when our thinking is controlled by the Holy Spirit, we think about things that please Him, and we move towards life and peace. Here it is. Write this down. The content of our thoughts translates into either death or life. I'm not trying to be new agey with you. I'm not trying to, this is not the power of positive thinking. I'm not, none of that stuff. What I'm talking about is the, the content, what is rolling through your mind at any given moment. Like right now, you're thinking about Mexican. I get that. I'm, I'm starting to feel it. Yeah. Whatever you're thinking about, I'm not talking about food for a second, is either moving you towards death or moving you towards life. Always, 24-7, 365, what's going on in your brain, in my brain. When it's dominated by the sinful nature, it leads towards sinful things, it leads toward death. When it's on the spirit, things that please the spirit, we move in our thinking towards life and peace. We move in our spiritual lives towards life and peace, and we put to death the old life. Our thoughts will become our spiritual condition. What we focus on will become our spiritual reality, which begs the question, well, Are most of my thoughts, spiritual thoughts dominated by the Spirit, or are most of my thoughts about the old ways, about the old life? Are the majority of what Tim is thinking about at any given time focused on the sin nature and what used to be, or on what is and what is going to be in the Spirit? And I just want to say this to you. If if you find yourself, any of us individually find ourselves not living consistently making steps forward in life and peace and the, what we feel or experience spiritually at any given time, if we're not finding ourselves filled with life and peace, then we have to be honest and say it's time that we started thinking about what we are thinking about. We have to start thinking about what we're thinking about. Many of the struggles that we experience as individual Christ followers come from feeding the old self and starving the new self. Let will say it to you again really important. Many of the struggles that we have come because we're not feeding our minds, we're not feeding our spirits with the right stuff. We're feeding the old ways and we're starving to death spiritually. What do you feed your mind? Turn to the person next to you and just say, what are you feeding your mind? This is a really touchy one. So when growing up, I got To Jesus, the real way. When I was seventeen, but I grew up in church, a good church, but our church had a way of doing things that was not healthy. And one of them is this: we we talked about this kind of thing a lot. Our leaders, our pastor, they good intentions, but they talked about this stuff a lot. And we, um, they were very clear, very legalistic, to be honest with you, about what a Christ follower should or should not do. Lots and lots of, of rules. We had lots of lists at our church. We had lists about what you, could, what you could watch on TV, you know, both good shows. And then we had other, other uh, lists of all the stuff you weren't supposed to watch, right? And then there was the movies, you know. I mean, I can remember being in church services where our pastor would specifically talk about movies that we should not go see. And, you know, there weren't any that he ever endorsed, but you know what I'm saying? I'm sure there was a few that were okay. And then we had a list of the bad music, which was replete. And then we had the list of the good music, which was much smaller and was all purchased at the Bible bookstore. You know, I mean, it's just, everything was lists. Everything was keeping track. Everything, our our leaders spoke about gossip. They spoke about lying. They spoke about envy. They spoke about cheating. There, there There was a strong sense that we were almost under a New Testament version of the law. If you are a Christ follower, you do these things. If you are a Christ follower, you do not do these things. It was very clear. And I'm not, saying that that was ill intended i think it was intended well it was misguided and i'm not suggesting that we're going to that 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 this this morning i'm gonna you're gonna leave here you have the lists <laughs> i've done a little work a little research and because uh... the spirit's different romans chapter 8 verse 2 says this that the law of the spirit of life sets you free from the law of sin and death so we're not under that law we're not under the lists. i'm gonna talk more about lists next week and that's i'm praising the Lord for that because that's healthy. But I'll tell you what, if the lists and all of that legalistic kind of do this, don't do that is on this side, I believe that the pendulum has swung way too far because we're over here now and nobody challenges anybody about anything. Nobody says, hey, you know what, that's probably not a good thing for you to be watching or listening to or spending your time or your money on. We don't do that at all anymore. We don't even question ourselves, let alone anybody else. I feel like the body at large, I'm not talking about grace per se, but the body at large has gone too far this way. And right in the middle is where we're supposed to be, where we're not creating lists, but we are thinking about what we're thinking about. We're consistently seeking to live this new life rather than the old life because we are managing actively what we're thinking about in our brains. We're not focused on the old life, we're focused rather on the spirit, and we're experiencing life and peace because we're just being intentional. We could be asking ourselves questions. We should be asking ourselves questions Are we spending time in the Word? Friends, you and I are bombarded. We've talk, I've mentioned this before many times, but we're just bombarded by, with media, with information, with opinion. And so much of it is dark. So much of it is not God-honoring. It's constantly around us. And one of the only things that is effective in pushing that stuff out is to put the word in over and over and over again. And I don't think we can live in a time where we read a couple verses and say, I spent time with Jesus in the word. I'm not, it's not about the amount. It's about the intentionality and where is it going. Is it going deep inside of us? I think we've got to start asking ourselves, what about the music we listen to? I, I know this sounds like what I described. I'm not, I'm not coming to your house. I am following you on social media. So. No, I'm just kidding. I am, I'm, not gonna buy, I'm not making lists, but I want you to say, here's the question. Does what I'm listening to, is it drawing me closer to the Lord? Is it, is it causing me to focus on the Spirit's work in my life? Am I experiencing life and peace from this? Or is what I'm listening to drawing me back to the old self? I can tell you personally that there are whole genres of music that pull me back towards my old life. Like I can hear, and some of you are not music people, are like, this is really weird. If you're a music person, you know exactly what I'm talking about. You get some song in your head and it's like, oh my gosh, I remember where I heard that. I remember what I was doing when I heard that. You know, you just hear this whole other part of your life. It's got to get cut off if we want to walk by the Spirit and experience the liberator slaying the old life. It's got to get cut off. Same thing. I'm just good. One more thing. It's my experience that Christ followers and non-Christ followers have very little difference in what they entertain themselves with. That the culture dictates what we get for entertainment. And Christians as a group are far too little in their discernment about what they choose to put in. And I think some of it, it's like, well, you know, I'm a Christian. I understand. I can dismiss the parts that are bad, you know, and that aren't honoring of God and only taking the good stuff. But I'm telling you, my opinion is that's affecting us. And it is stirring up and it is keeping, it's feeding the old life. It's keeping that going inside of us rather than that being cut off and that being something apart from us. What, what will that make us look like? A bunch of freaks that never, you know, go on Netflix? Maybe. Does it really matter? I mean, does it really matter anymore? If you haven't seen the latest, whatever. Or if I haven't watched the latest, whatever. I don't know. I don't think it does anymore. I want to see us as a church, be a people that are not grading each other on this stuff. I want us to be a church full of people that are looking at our own lives saying, Jesus, I want to be filled with your life and your peace. May your spirit kill this stuff off in me. May I not contribute to my own demise by what I choose to engage in. Have you ever, Sarah, would you come? Have you ever been to around um, really spiritual people? Yeah, I mean, I don't mean the showy ones necessarily. Showy people can be spiritual, but I have found that a lot of times it's the kind of subtle, quiet, rock-solid people, and you just get near them and you're like, I just, I feel strength in them. I feel the, the depth of their walk with Jesus. That's what I want for us. And I'll tell you, the issue for us is not Power. Romans chapter 8, verse 11 says this. Paul says, The Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. So inside of every Christ follower, inside of every believer, is the Spirit of God that actually raised Jesus from the dead. We do not have an issue of a lack of power. All the power we need to defeat the old nature, the sinful nature, the old self, all of the power that we need is with us. What we lack, friends, in large part, is Partnership. We're not saying, I'm gonna work with you here on the Spirit. Liberate me, set me free. I wanna have life and peace. I want my mind and my spirit to just be filled with you. That's what we lack, not power, partnership. Would you stand with me? I want us to pray together. And just take take a moment. I know I'm a little late here, but just take a few seconds right now. And just for me, humor me here. Think about what you think about. Think about what occupies your mind. Think about what you default to. Think about what influences your thoughts, what you feed your thoughts on. Think about what you view, what you listen to. Think about where your, your, your sources of influence come from. And then let's pray together. Father, in the name of Jesus, we come to you this morning grateful for your word that instructs and grateful for your spirit who is not short on power, who lives inside of us. And Lord, my prayer for us as a Grace Church family and as individual people, Lord, my prayer this morning is that we would be those who choose to partner with you to live victoriously and to move incrementally forward, being saved, progressively transformed into Jesus' image by the way, uh, and and defining that by the way that we think and what we think about, Lord, forgive us. Forgive us for just what goes through our minds and what we allow to stay there. Lord, we recognize that we just can't not think a thought, but what we can do is fill our minds with your word. We can fill our minds with worship. We can fill our minds with encouragement. We can fill our minds with the things that bring life and peace and reject the things that will lead us to death. Lord, I pray that that would be us. I pray that, Lord, as a church, that we would be those those solid, steady, deep, and godly people who are just tired of trying to manage the world and instead saying, Jesus, take over. Spirit, take over. Liberate me so that my whole being is filled with life and peace. That's my prayer for us as a church. Not that we would evaluate each other, but that we would invite your evaluation and respond to you in obedience. Holy Spirit, help us. Liberator, come liberate us. And we pray in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Let me bless you before you go. If you extend your hands in front of you, may the spirit of the Lord, church family, friends, may the spirit of the Lord rest upon you. Spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit, the spirit of knowledge and of the fear of God. And please remember that we have not received the spirit of this world, but the spirit who is from God, that we might understand the things that are freely given to us. In Jesus' name, receive this blessing, amen. We trust that this teaching made a difference in your life. If you'd like more information about giving your life to Jesus, email us at info at grace417.com. That's I-N-F-O at grace417.com. We pray you have a blessed day.